Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 271. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. Today, we're going to talk about an interesting topic. These are eight people who became millionaires by 25 who describe what it's like to be so rich, so suddenly, so young. So that's going to be really interesting to talk about. But first, I want to let you know about another awesome podcast called Profit Boss Radio. Profit Boss Radio is hosted by MBA and certified financial planner Hillary Hendershot, who highlights inspiring women who have created success in their financial and professional lives. Each week, you can tune in and hear how women have paved the road to sustain success with both beliefs and actions. Check it out at ProfitBossRadio.com. I found an interesting article to bring to you, and this actually is from the independent.co.uk, which I will post on my website at lindapjones.com. It turns out that there was a thread on Quora that asked, what does it feel like to be a self-made millionaire under the age of 25? And it asked young millionaires to share their experiences of becoming so wealthy at a relatively young age. So everyone that posted on the link did so anonymously, and then they picked out some that they thought were really interesting, and then they are sharing those here in the article. So that's what I'm gonna share with you, and then maybe a little bit of some ideas at the end. So it says, with experiences like awkward encounters with bank staff and difficulties with teachers, we picked out some of the gems from the thread, but make sure you read the whole thing for yourself. So the first thing is, they say, teachers treat you differently. Quote, a couple of my teachers found out that I had some success and it's just not the same. I can skip project dates and they won't even say anything about it, while they give other students a reduction in their mark. Doesn't seem fair to other people, but I mean, it's nice for me. Sometimes it gets annoying. They ask too many questions about what I do, how I got started, and then keep asking if it's possible if they could do what I'm doing, etc. So that's so funny. These young people have success, and then other people want to know, well, if you did it and you were so young, maybe it's easy and I can do it too. So maybe they don't get the respect that they need, but the teachers are kind of letting them off the hook a little bit, so they're getting a break there. The next advantage is a visit to the bank becomes an interrogation. Quote, nearly every trip to the teller becomes some sort of interrogation. What do you do? Oh my gosh, good for you. When did you start? Etc. Just gets so annoying and some of these tellers have to scream it out so everyone in the bank hears. (laughs) So there you go. Again, being interrogated by how did you get your success? The next one is, you feel uncomfortable with spending money unnecessarily. Quote, I'm from a poor family, and the way I was raised, I always made sure not to spend more than necessary. 
the weird thing now is that I can spend more and it doesn't really make a difference financially, but it still does psychologically. For example, I booked a really nice and somewhat expensive hotel, and then I caught myself being reluctant to use the minibar because some voice deep inside my head told me that minibars and hotel rooms are a ripoff. So there you go, we all have programming, we all have those things we've learned. It comes out no matter how much money you have, those old habits come back, those old thoughts and beliefs, your mindset is still there. So if that hasn't been transformed, you're still going to have thoughts like, maybe you can't afford the mini bar, or maybe you just shouldn't pay for it because it's a ripoff. Even though you have so much money, it's not gonna make a difference, you still think that way. The next one is, time is the enemy. Quote, private jets are not what you do because you want to have fun, they're what you do to save time because time equals money. You do the math, a private jet makes sense if it saves you X amount of time and your time is valued at Y. Exactly, that's the thing about private jets is that the people who need private jets have a very high hourly wage and so their earnings are so high, their time is worth so much money that they have to get someplace faster because flying commercially is gonna take them a lot longer and if they can be making money in the meantime, then the flight is actually gonna pay for itself. So just like anything else, it becomes a numbers problem or a number situation, and if the numbers work out, then it makes sense to have a private jet to save that time because you'll make it up in the long run. And the next one is, the economy is hell. Quote, the first few times it's really nice to fly business class, then you get used to it. Then it's nothing special anymore, but suddenly economy class, which was fine before, feels like crap. This adaption is dangerous because if you indulge, you won't be any more satisfied in the long run, but your standards will go up and you become incompatible with what's normal for everyone else. So your standards get a little higher, you start to like the nice things, and then flying economy becomes hell. So you don't want to be standing in line, you don't want to fly JetBlue, you don't want to take those inexpensive things that seem like a real hassle. So things that are normal for other people, you just don't want to tolerate anymore. And that's one nice thing about having more money is you can pay for things that allow you to have a little bit more comfort and ease and make things nice so you don't have to be treated like cattle. The next one is you can comfortably donate money to charity. Quote, in my profession, he's an entrepreneur, it turns out that making money is one of the byproducts of being successful. So if I keep doing my job well, it will likely result in making more money, which I'm going to give away to charity along with all of my extra millions. I've already given five million and counting after keeping enough to generate a, quote, annuity to support our very lovely lifestyle, around 250,000 a year or 170K in pounds a year after taxes, and saving for the kids' college funds. So great, they can give more to charity. Ultimately, people that have made a lot of money deal with the question of legacy, and they deal with what is your life going to be about? Are you going to leave money to your family? Are you going to leave it to charity? Are you gonna give back and help others? Those are all important questions. So it's nice that you can comfortably donate more money to charity. The next one is you make a lot of new friends, kind of. <laughs> it says, quote, one thing I can say is, always remember the people that were there before you were a millionaire, the people that helped you to get where you are. The biggest change I've noticed is the people around me, quote, general acquaintances, not my close friends or family, 
When they find out I'm well off, they just try to flatter me, blowing smoke up my, you know what. So you're not sure who your real friends are. There's people that are around for the good times, for the parties, but you know that your old friends are tried and true friends that have been there with you even before you had a lot of money. The next one is you can hit your bucket list hard. Quote, I had been postponing so many experiences with the idea of doing it at some point in the future when I made it that I just started tackling them one by one. Super Bowl, Sundance, Sobe Fest, Africa, a month around Europe, three-star Michelin dining. Those are all cool things that you can just knock off your bucket list. And it's important to have a bucket list, number one. So it's important to have goals, to write them down, to have a a list of things that you want to accomplish so that when you make your millions, you know exactly what you're going to be spending them on. The next one is, I could have been just as happy when I was poorer. Quote, surprisingly, the goals I identified were mostly goals that don't require much money, such as learn to photograph landscapes like a pro, become a good salsa dancer, learn Italian, learn to cook Thai food. Now I'm working more consciously toward my goals. I found myself a private Italian teacher while before I would have joined a course, but the most striking realization was that I could basically have done all these things with just a modest salary. And I didn't because I imagined I needed to work so hard and make money. Isn't that the truth? We work hard to make money so that we can take time off to do the things we really want to do. And what he's saying here is that he just was able to finally get around to it, but he could have done it all along. These things don't require a lot of money. They just require time and focus, but they're things that make him feel happy. They're things that make him much, that add to the richness of his life. And that's what he was looking for in the end is what are those things that really bring joy? What are those things that make you happy? Because it's really not dependent on the digits in your bank account. It really is dependent on the fullness of your life. And we can get so focused on just making money and making that the most important thing above everything else. And we think, oh, I can put life on hold, work really hard, make my millions, and then I can really live. And his point is, you don't have to do that. You can actually live along the way. And it probably makes sense for everyone to do that, to become happier. You're going to attract more things of what you like. And that happiness is going to bring more good things to you and positivity and continue to multiply your blessings. So really focus on what is it that you can do today that's going to bring more joy to your life. And don't feel like you have to wait until you have money to do that. The next one is you have to deal with awkward reactions. Quote, whether it's a tour guide pointing out a hotel that costs $1,000 a night and everybody in the tour bus gasps and it's where I'm staying, or taxi drivers making snarky comments about millionaires, or people suggesting it's my lucky day and I should buy a lotto ticket, I run into it repeatedly and predictably, but I always tend to keep my mouth shut and not say anything. So people find out that these people have made it big at a young age and there's all kinds of awkwardness that comes around it. The next one is having kids comes in handy. Quote, do you really want your kids to grow up having never seen their parents work or worry about the cost of something? Do you really need five cars and two or three houses? Is flying commercial really that inconvenient? Are your kids going to love you more if you give them everything? Answers, Hell no, it makes them lazy brats. One semi-luxury car per licensed driver is totally sufficient. 
One sweet house plus a sweet vacation timeshare is more than adequate. Private planes are only rarely worth it, but business class is really nice on international flights. And no, they will actually love you less and be miserable grown-ups. So there you go. In the area of kids, more isn't always better, and certainly giving them more can work against you. The next quote was, don't let a fancy car define your image. Quote, once I asked my father when I was in college and his colleague gifted his son a Mercedes for his 20th birthday, why do we shy away from buying things we obviously can buy? Why am I not allowed to buy things others flaunt? His answer was simple. Only a fool would buy an expensive car like that in a place where there's no driving discipline. Soon enough, he would be worrying about dents and servicing and mileage. Don't let a car define your image. Let your positive impact on other lives make an image. Great story about a father who is teaching his son a good lesson and not just buying something for their 20-year-old. You know, do 20-year-olds really need Mercedes? I don't think so. And it might really be doing them an injustice. It might be making them feel like they have to have things that are super nice in order to get attention or affection from other people, to be noticed, to be worth something. It might really inhibit their self-worth because they didn't earn it for themselves. And they may believe that other people have to give them nice things that they can't do it themselves. Well, the parent might have thought they were doing a really great thing by giving their kid a great gift, it might have just done the opposite. So we do have to worry that our things can own us and be really careful about the decisions we make with children. The next comment was, play it right and you can be set for life. Quote, the key is you need to be very conscious about several things, including your wealth itself, how you spend money wisely, what in life makes you happy, and planning for future. When you keep everything in control and not spend unreasonably, having even just a million dollars, which is arguably not much in modern days, can mean you're set for life. And that's so true. You just need to be very conscious about things and get yourself investing at the youngest age possible. That's going to set you up in the best situation for the long term. The next one says, it is a lonely journey. Quote, you're the youngest and most underdressed person in any restaurant you go to. You give money to parents who can't hope to offer you career advice. After achieving more than most people ever achieve financially, what are you supposed to do? Retire for the next 50 years? So that can be a little bit of a problem, is that you've achieved a lot at a young age. Now what do you do? And how do you continue to make your life great? And finally, you can really think about what you want to do in life. Quote, many people like giving the advice that you should work at a job you enjoy, but most people are typically tied to one type of job or another, as it's something they can do that also makes them the most money. But when money is entirely out of the question, what do you really want to do? This is a question that I've been thinking about for over a year now. A lot of times you make decisions about what you're going to do because of the money, but when you already have the money, then how do you make decisions? And... I think at that point, you've got to go back to your bucket list and decide what are the things that make you really happy and also think about your legacy. What are the things that you're creating that have meaning in your life that are going to last beyond your life? What's your mark in the world that you can make? Because if you don't have limitations due to money, then there's a lot of different things that you can do. There's a lot of people you can help. So you have to be thinking about what are the things I can do that might even go on for generations and be able to help other people. 
I thought this was a really interesting article. I wanted to share it with you because I really thought I put a twist on what happens when people under 25 become wealthy. What does that change in their life and how might that help you think differently about money? What might it affect you or how might it affect you if you were thinking the way they thought or if you knew what they knew at their age? I hope that gave you some things to think about. Maybe it encouraged you to write down your bucket list. Maybe it encouraged you to get started on that bucket list, to pursue things for joy and not always just money, and to realize that money is just a tool to help you live a better life, to help other people live a better life, and maybe even for you to work on your legacy of what's gonna be your mark on the world that you leave. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, Hit the subscribe button and you'll get notice right away when new podcasts are uploaded. Also, I'd love to connect with you on my Instagram at Linda P. Jones, on my Facebook page at Linda P. Jones fan page, and on my YouTube channel at Linda P. Jones. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.